hi there, Hannah here, and welcome to another episode of the CAS Pod, the Community Action Suffolk podcast. You may know us as CAS, and we are the go-to organisation for voluntary, community and social enterprise organisations right here in Suffolk. We exist to support the sector and help you to help others. In this episode, I am delighted to be joined by Jim Manning from Witten Youth Partnership and Witten Church, and also by our very own B Taylor, part of the Community Restart Project here at CAS. So welcome to you both. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. So, so Jim, can you just tell us a little bit about you? Uh, what's your background? Something people might not know about you, perhaps? Right. Well, I am um, Ipswich born and bred and uh, actually grew up on the, the Witten estate. So the area of work that I'm involved in now is very much uh, home turf as far as I'm concerned. My paid for work background was 42 years with uh, Ipswich Council. And I had um, the privilege to be head of the community safety team there and um, sort of set up the town centre CCTV scheme and the 24-hour-a-day control room where the uh, cameras were monitored and uh, Ipswich here was monitored uh, and had lots of um, other work around the community safety field, uh, ending up as an advisor to the local government association as well. And... um, now, my background um, sort of academically was I'm a chartered secretary by profession and um, so picked up on the management side and uh, a bit of financial side as well. And I also uh, have volunteered for many, many years. And one of the areas was I was for about 16 years a trustee of Anglia Care Trust, which, which is an organisation that would be known to many and ended up as vice chair of that and watched that charity grow from a few hundred thousand pounds turnover a year to 2.2 million by the time I I moved on. Um, Now I uh, am heavily involved not only in in the school that I'm the governor at, but also, as you mentioned earlier, Whitney's partnership, which I helped to set up um, in 2013 by doing all the paperwork to set it up as a charity. And I now do all of the... uh, um, sort of the paperwork side, and I do most of the uh, the fundraising, sort of grant applications, and keeping the, uh, the services going. And with Written Church, I've, I've been a member there since as long as I can remember. And um, you know, this year we've been heavily involved with sort of COVID uh, support issues around helping families, setting up a pop-up shop. Um, we now live stream all of our services, so I'm involved in getting funding in for that. And um, have also um, been assisting with the uh, Suffolk's hardship fund money that we've been allocated through Suffolk Community Foundation uh, to assist a lot of the families uh, in the, the northwest of Ipswich and um, helping to give them sort of support and um, you know, helping some of them out of debt, that sort of thing. Yes, so I've been kept busy since uh, being made redundant at the beginning of 2013. I was going to say, it sounds like uh, you're a real community asset over there in Whitton. Very busy chap. Well, indeed, yes. And I think uh, I was uh, given the British Empire Medal in the Queen's uh, um, New Year's Honours list in 2018 um, for services to young people and, and the community of Ipswich. So I was uh, very humbled that people 
thought that the work that I was doing was was worthwhile. Look forward to that uh, to that honour. Well, I mean, very well deserved. Belated congratulations for that. Mm, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, before I sort of ask ask B to introduce herself, <laughs> um, can you just tell us a little bit more about Witten Youth Partnership and and sort of what the aim is of the group, how it came about, why it came about, that sort of thing. It came about because uh, a number of factors. One was that um, for a number of years, Witten Church had run some youth work. Um, they had run um, a, what they called a break time project, which was a couple of lunch times each week. They would open up the parish hall and invite the students of the then Thurlston High School, now Ormston Endeavour Academy, into the hall uh, for some games and, and for something to eat, because at the time uh, it was uh, uh, they had a very long lunch break, and long lunch breaks and young people out of school is a recipe for some of them. So we we picked up a lot of the uh, uh, youngsters who were not able to go home for lunch and and this sort of thing. So we worked with them, and and I was involved in in the. Uh, um, raising the funds uh, for that and that was run successfully for a number of years until the school decided that it was time to dramatically reduce the, uh, the length of the lunch hour and insist that all the youngsters stayed in school because of the you know the antisocial behavior issues and other sort of way they wanted to reorganize the, the school day so that was something that we did but also running alongside that we had what we called our stepping up project which was youngsters in year six um, had three days of uh, um, work and adventure with us. Um, and um, they were taught a skill, usually first aid. They had a bit of team building and um, they had some, um, some people come in to give them advice and help on the step from primary and into secondary school, so into year seven. And um, also, during the October half term, there was a, it's like a holiday club as well that was run. But the the honest answer is that not many grant giving bodies will support um, uh, religious organisations or you know, the the local church, for instance. Yeah. And becoming increasingly difficult to actually be able to develop that work. So the decision was taken to to set up a separate charitable trust. And that's where I came on board and, and did all the paperwork and got the Whitney's partnership set up in 2013. And we then took over the, uh, the stepping up and the holiday on um, October holiday work and um, have built Whitney's partnership. One of our big um, issues that we found when we did some detective work was uh, um, was holiday hunger, uh, sort of youngsters having. Um, you know, being hungry during the school holidays we made a decision very early on all of our work it, um, we have food provided our stay activity days are, are all, um, all the youngsters that, that turn up and any parents that turn up to support them are given a hot meal so it's it's things like that that, that, that we've developed and um, we have uh, um, also during sort of covid picked a number mental health of uh, youngsters is an issue uh, the digital divide so that, that's a little bit more about why why we set up and what we do and um, what the, the important thing for me is that um, by having having us as a separate charity as a separate charity we 
automatically then can, can we can actually apply for funding so so jim it sounds like there's there's a huge amount going on i mean those kinds of projects all around um self-esteem and hardship and you know all of those kinds of things i mean i've got quite a bit of background in that from before when i before i joined cas actually doing some of those transition projects with schools and and like you say the funding particularly for faith-based organisations, can sometimes be difficult to find. Um, and also where there's uh, sometimes a feeling of crossover between statutory service obligations and um, additional activity outside of school, but within the school day. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm well aware of the kinds of challenges that that can bring. So um, well done for progressing so well with the partnership because that sounds like you've, you've really sort of conquered that one and you're doing loads of great things now. Um, yeah, we work closely with, um, with the schools and with other organisations like our local councillors and, and the local police and, uh, and sort of the church uh, churches and things like that. So we do, um, you know, the reason for calling it Witten Youth Partnership is that we don't see ourselves as a single entity and, and we have links in with with the scouts and the guides and and this type of thing and and uh, um, you know we do ensure that um, you know we don't uh, um, sort of try and duplicate something that's being run elsewhere. But um, and, and for instance, we also we're a licensed Duke of Edinburgh Award um, bronze and silver um, set up as well, and that that was really taken on board because the. Um, one of the academies locally, Westbourne, um, they have gone for a combined cadet force and they don't run, um, at the moment, they don't run the, the Duke of Edinburgh Award, whereas almost an endeavour does. But so we pick up um, the youngsters who want to do Duke of Edinburgh rather than sort of combined cadet force, that type of thing. So we offer the, the option and um, we, di we did that deliberately because there was a gap and, and we filled that gap. Now, if all of the schools in the area were doing Duke of Edinburgh, then we wouldn't be involved in that. We'd be looking for something else to do but, uh, where there was a gap. So, you know, we're not precious about what we do either, which I think is important. Yes, absolutely. And that, that sort of partnership and not duplicating what others are doing, but working together, collaborating, sharing resources, all of that sort of thing is, is so important for sustainability of organisations, isn't it, as well? Very much so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay, so um, let's bring B in then. So, <laughs> B, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at CAS. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so I am part of the Community Restart team um, at CAS. The Community Restart project started obviously in response to the COVID pandemics and getting voluntary and community organisations back up on their feet and back up and running with their activities um, across the county in a COVID safe manner so that the community can make the most of all the different projects and things going on. Um, for example, all of those amazing things that Jim is working across as well. Um, and yeah, so I joined the team in, oh, where are we now? May, I think. So it's a fairly new role, but I have quite a long background um, in all sorts of different things. So my personal background is um, I've worked for, um, I've been volunteer coordinator for a mental health project. I've worked in the care industry. Um, I've worked in uh, marketing and recruitment for a volunteer federation. And then also in volunteer management 
um, and recruitment for an international volunteer organisation. And within that kind of strengthening the uh, relationships with the partner organisations and the charities that, that we were working alongside. So very much a collaboration sort of approach um, as well. And uh, I, yeah, I'm on the board of trustees for, for a charity too. So I've written grant applications and policies and procedures and things. So I think like many people in our sector, um, we very often wear lots of hats, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Um, well, um, you know, it, it's great that you joined CAS. We're very lucky to have you. Um, and the project itself is going from strength to strength, isn't it? Um, mm. You know, the Restart Project. What What are your thoughts on the Restart Project? How sort of, um, how important it is at the moment? I think it has been invaluable. Um, it really has made a huge difference to a lot of organisations already. So one of the main parts at the moment of the Community Restart Project is that there is a fund available. So a pot of um, is £650,000 now of grants available that community organisations can apply for to cover the costs of things like um, PPE or additional IT equipment, sports equipment, sorts of bits and pieces of things that um, they've either had to pay out of pocket for already to, in order to set up their activities safely or are having to kind of build that into their project as they're moving forward um, with restrictions easing as well. Um, but alongside that, it's also been a big, it's made a big difference to, I think as well, because one of the things we're offering is um, health and safety training in a COVID-19 related manner. So we have an on-demand course available that volunteers and um, staff can, can access in which they get a certificate at the end that just shows that they're taking it seriously and that kind of gives the groups that they're working with the confidence to come to come back in and to restart their activities as well. Um, it, it is important, so, isn't it? Because I think mm. people are so uncertain to a certain extent at the moment. You know, people mm. want to be generally getting back out there, going back to groups and things like that. But, you know, they, they might not be feeling overly confident about doing so. And the groups themselves, there's, there's a lot of... Um, hurdles that they feel they've got to jump through isn't it and getting to know mm. what the guidance means for them the guidance changes and the you know those those additional costs that these grants yeah. will help with in terms of you know sanitizers or face masks or, or whatever it might be um signage uh, you know various different mm. things mm. but actually some of these groups run on budgets of a few hundred pounds a year yeah. And, and those sorts of things could could be the tipping point for them, couldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even even things like kind of refreshing your safeguarding training, if you're working with, um, like working with young kids, like I'm sure Jim was in, in Witten Youth Partnership, who have been um, kind of separate from the community for a little while because they've been in lockdown um, whilst, you know, homeschooling and things like that. And if, if you're starting up a, a group and those kids are then coming into an environment that's, new um or you know kind of recently new um they might be bringing in issues that you wouldn't necessarily tackle before so having a refresher on safeguarding um, training or something like that can help build your confidence in, in restarting so that you know how to address those some of those kind of issues coming up as well absolutely and and jim where are you on the sort of reopening restarting journey well we have we have applied for some funding um, so that we can, um, with both my hats on, 
um, with Fitnews Partnership, it's, a, it's around um, making sure that we've got enough um, masks, um, wipes, sanitizer, etc. Because we have obviously, when we open up our youth club work, we've got lots of pieces of kits that youngsters can use. But we've got to be very careful that um, we do sort of sanitizer after each use. And um, it means that um, any help we get with that would, would be uh, uh, very, very welcome. And um, I think the, the big problem we had was that some of the schools have now moved to not wearing masks in school, whereas our youth work guidance says that they should wear masks when they're on uh, in, in, our, you know, in, in the hall that we, we operate from. And, mm -hmm. and all, um, from the church perspective, the, the church um, guidance is that masks should be worn. So we've got to make sure that we've got masks available when they turn up from school not having had a mask. So things like this. So um, and also to protect the uh, the staff, um, you know, we've got um, you know, the gloves that we've asked for. And in fact, um, we were able to get some that be kindly. Uh, I was able to give us a supply which has helped enormously already. And um, it means that, um, you know, we are able to move forward with some confidence and perhaps um, provide that confidence and assurance, the reassurance to people that we are uh, able to something in a safe safe way um, and it's interesting if, if i just mention one one issue that, that has become uh, quite uh, apparent at the moment is that um, single older males who have been made redundant due to covid are really struggling in mm. our area and we are finding a number that are turning up and you know they are really struggling with um with getting to grips with sort of mental health issues, the fact that they haven't got any money, it takes a long time to get benefits through, and so they're running up um, uh, different sorts of debt. Some of them don't know that they're entitled to, to claim for certain benefits, so it's a question of, of trying to support them in, in getting their lives back on track. So we don't often think of um, older males as being vulnerable in that way, but you know, sadly that's, that's something that's, that's cropped up. We know about, you know, we've had, we've worked with working both with Whitney's partnership and with the church, with families who have moved into the area from out of country fleeing domestic violence and the risks to the young people, uh, you know, the young children in, in the families when they come into an area where they are very quickly um, picked up as being strangers and how they can quickly be uh, um, picked up by some of the, the gangs around who are and to try and get them into all sorts of uh, uh, risky business. And um, so that's why uh, whenever we've come across them, um, we get uh, uh, our team to, to go and talk to them from Whitney's partnership to try and get them uh, into something that's more um, fitting. But also, I think, issues around how uh, it's been difficult for those families moving from, from Norfolk or some, uh, another county Dumping the middle of uh, the witness state with no no family support, no um, means of really knowing where they are, where the, the local shops are, etc. It's it's a very um, difficult time for them, and, and um, I think we need to be looking at how we can better support them as, as a society, because mm -hmm. I think it's, um, you know they they will just spiral further and further down um, into despair. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's really interesting talking to you, Jim, actually, because 
you know you're very well versed in changing those different hats over but um you know you've got such a, a broad range of activity that was going on and obviously that you that is still going on and, and hope to continue with um but it's it is i think some of those hidden needs that are starting to come to the fore now as we do emerge a little bit more from our own homes and and we start to see those things and like you say about single older males that you know have been made redundant struggling um actually you must have seen lots of different impacts that aren't being picked up as much as some of the national press coverage might be around other areas because you're seeing those those hidden areas within your community indeed yes we're, we're very much on the coal face and i think that's that's important and uh, that, that's what makes us successful is that we um we do deal with um what's happening now and um we just get on with it but you know we do uh, make uh, make our submissions once we have uh, anything important to say and certainly some of the responses that I've given back to some of the grants that we've had have um, I filled in the the end of grant return but I've also sent them three or four pages of notes to actually back up what we have uh, what we have found and um, you know the, the, the types of uh, issues that have, um, have come come before us which as you say are perhaps only peculiar to one individual family but it's still a problem which um, it wouldn't be picked up through the, the normal run of um, sort of benefits or, or support that's out there because, you know, every family is different and, um, you know, one, one size doesn't fit, fit all. And, um, you know, mm -hmm. I think you suddenly, you know, you suddenly find that, um, you know, you are recommending that people um, apply for, for grants. And yes, you, you find that they don't have access to an online facility um, but then you suddenly find that even if they did, they wouldn't be able to use it because their their reading and writing is is not there. Yeah, yeah, so, and it, it's that coal face community intelligence that groups such as yourself are able to to feed back, and it's so important to share that to get those voices heard that wouldn't traditionally come through some of those normal methods, like you say. You know, if there's there's issues with um, digital accessibility and all of that kind of thing obviously a lot of that is being done digitally now isn't it well indeed you, you haven't got a choice and, and i think um you know i sit here um, and fill in things on my computer quite quite happily but um the generation above me my mum and dad um or my mother in particular um wouldn't have had a clue yeah um you know <laughs> she was a trained shorthand typist in her day and, and very good at it but um Sitting down now, working through computer um, systems and, and online forms, and uh, putting in passwords, and uh, having to have sort of special dates and, and things like that, and special questions that you have to remember. She, you know, she would have really struggled. And um, you know, that's, that's just one generation above me. Goodness knows what my grandparents. But um, another story. But um, no, and I think another sort of interesting sort of um, points I think to make is that. Um, the local um, clergy uh, at Witten, um, Mary in particular, the the, uh, the priest, uh, um, she has been working a lot with social workers, and all of a sudden, social workers have have realised that 
why haven't we been talking to the church before? Because the church is out in the community. The church knows a lot more about the community than, than people ever give them credit for. And here's a, an incredible resource. And why aren't we uh, making, you know, making use of it? And so now we're looking at, uh, I think Mary's been asked to go and talk to a lot of the social workers to explain exactly what we've been doing, why we do it and, and how we do it. And I think one thing we would like to do is um, going forward is to is to begin to have a community lunch, perhaps once a quarter, in which we get a lot of the local people working in various organisations, bring them in the church facilities um, to produce sort of uh, coffee and, and tea, etc., and actually sit down and have a chat around what's going on, and actually work in partnership together. And I think only that way you can really begin to to serve the community that you are, um, you know, you, that you're in. Yeah, you've you've got to make make the most of the resource that you've got around you, haven't you? And and what's there. So, so what would be your top three tips, Jim, for anyone setting up a group like this? I think um, know your area is very important so I, I've sat down for a number of years and I, I started off with the years ago looking at the 1980 census and particularly the the Whitton Castle Hill and White House wards in the northwest they were the three wards I really concentrated on although I did reports for the chief executive of Ipswich Borough Council across the town on different hotspot areas and to know what the issues are and very quickly you begin to pick up where the today in today's terminology the deprivation indices would tell you that around 2000 properties on in the Witten ward are in the top 10% of the most deprived areas of the country mm-hmm. there are two areas on white house that are in the top 20% of the most deprived areas of the country now so in those sort of four or five areas you've probably got 4,000 families who are in some form of significant deprivation. Now that's across a whole range of topics. So it might be be through lack of income, through poverty, through um, ill health, through lack of education, through lack of education opportunities, and um, through high levels of unemployment, to um, sort of high levels of Serious and um, lack of mobility, um, people without transport, and um, so so a raft of things that could impact on the lives. Um, housing should be okay. It's, it's council housing, but uh, local authority housing. But you know, it's a question of can you actually afford to maintain it? And some of the families that we have seen um, during co- uh, the uh, crisis, uh, where kids are sleeping on the floor because they've got no beds there are no carpets in the house and um the uh, so it's it's cold it's dangerous it's you know so all of this adds to that sort of information that you really need to know and i think the next thing that i would say is that you need to know your potential participants now with with witness partnership you know you've got to know the kids you've got to get to know them you've got to go out and see them where they are You've got to go out and find them where they are. And that's what we do through our detached youth work that we do. And um, we need to make sure that um, that we listen to what they say, that where we can, we actually do something that they've asked for. Perhaps 
we might be able to get a basketball court on a piece of land somewhere. That's a possibility because it's much smaller than it's much more achievable. But then if, if you do that, you've got to make sure that you can actually deliver at the end of the day. So that's that's what be my number number two. And the third one, I think we've already um, sort of gone to death in the way, in, in that I think you've got to work in partnership. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think yeah, certainly one and two really focus on that need, don't they? We can't say yeah. enough that, you know, you have to know what is needed because that's how it will be sustainable. That's how you will get people on board with it, whether it's partners or whether it's participants. Um, and, and without all of those things coming together, it, it won't really work, will it? Um, no. Certainly in the longer term. Um, so what's what's the best thing about your role then, Jim? If well, you can I, think, <laughs> I think it's just the, the ability to actually make a difference. Yeah. And, and and to actually see that you've made a difference. And, um, you know, I'm, I've sat here and have done the returns on the Suffolk Hardship Fund. And, you know, I've seen the number of families that we've helped. I've seen um, the problems that they've had. I've seen the signposting that we've been able to do to help them. And some of the comments that the visiting the pop-up shop made. There's a community growing of those who, who queue up um, after we even open um, so they can get some food. So, you know, that's, that's the best thing that, um, that you are making a difference. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's not for me, it's not for anybody else, but it, it's, it's just that, that, that you can, can achieve things if you put your mind to it as well. I think there are so many people who, I think through... Through COVID, have actually found that they can they can make it and volunteer. They can mm -hmm. actually um, help other people in a way that perhaps they'd never ever, ever thought of before. And I think that's something that we need to build on now and, and not lose. Is that sort of enthusiasm? Yes, absolutely. I, th I think we've we've seen an incredible amount of that, haven't we, over the last eighteen months or so? And I think to pick up on on something you just said about you know it's it's not for you. I think sometimes we shy away from um, celebrating enough what people are doing. Um, and it, it sounds like you are doing some incredible things in your community, Jim. And, mm. and I, for one, think you should be, um, you know, you should be taking some of that for you and you should be very proud of it um, because it, it's people like you that are literally the lifelines for our communities at the moment. So I, I do think you should, you should take some of that on board. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I would absolutely second that as well. Absolutely. Kids. Um, so, B, what's the best thing about your role? Um, I think it, it is an absolute privilege to work alongside people like Jim who are doing such incredible work. And that, for me, has been um, what I have taken the most out of from, from my role at CAS so far. Um, and supporting um, organisations to, to be the best that they can be so that they can be there can be that lifeline for the community so that is definitely um what i found to be the best thing yeah about um working as part of the community restart project yeah and have you found anything sort of working on that project b have you found anything you didn't expect anything unexpected or um is it all kind of how you thought it would be some of the challenges that are, are going on out there in our communities <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think 
it's been very interesting seeing the difference in opinions of um, different organisations. So there are those that are raring to go and, and you know started up as soon as they possibly could, and then there are those that um, are much more hesitant and cautious. Um, and that has been kind of yeah, it's been really interesting to pull out the details of, of why that might be and, and the areas that we might be able to support them so that they can um, yeah start start reopening and getting back up and and running. Yeah, I mean, we, we ask all our podcast guests if they face any sort of unexpected challenges. And I suppose this whole episode really is about one big unexpected challenge. <laughs> um, none of us expected this one. No, <laughs> absolutely. So, so, Jim, is there anything that you wish you'd known earlier that you now know about the journey that you've been on with, with either the partnership or the church? Or if you could change something, would there be anything? I think that um, I've I've been around the block a few times in my in my life, and therefore, um, you know, sort of the the school of hard knocks really has paid off in that um, you do come across different challenges and you can tuck them away. You know, there's an awful lot that um, I did during my years uh, with the the borough council, particularly around some of the high profile um, sort of criminality that um, that happened that that I was. Uh, involved in and particularly around people like the I was heavily involved in murder uh, mm. investigations of the of the five street sex workers in in Ipswich um, because the CCTV was 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 heavily trawled for information to to help uh, find who was who was um, causing the um, the or who was undertaking the murders and also the fact that from there we moved into uh, writing a, a prostitution strategy which um involves a lot of work with um, a number of the, of the women involved who acted as sort of like service users, as it were, telling us what, what their stories were and um, reading through the, um, the backgrounds of, of, um, of the interviews of all of those who were involved, who, um, you know, over 100 um, women were, uh, were involved at the time in, in sort of street sex work. And, um, you know, they all provided a bit of a life story. And then and having um, also meeting them with the residents um, of the red light district at the time and producing, um, you know, we're getting one of these ladies to go and talk to them about her life and the, um, the way that you couldn't hear a pin drop in the hall uh, in front of the group would be incredibly um, vociferous and very angry about what's happening. And then they, 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 they had to sit down and listen to to this lady explain how she reached, you know, through the abuse child and by an uncle and uh, into into sort of serious drugs and, and alcohol and uh, then basically ending up on the streets, um, sort of homelessness and, and all that that went with them. And um, I think that there was an incredible growth in understanding them. And, um, you know, I, I was... Uh, I, I went to a meeting with um, the Theresa May at her request and Shadow Home Secretary and then and when she was Home Secretary to discuss specifically what we were doing in the Ipswich area and um, you know that was quite interesting. All of that uh, um, does give you an insight to people at their very very lowest in, in life and um, you know, how some of them can come out the other end and, and I think that's that's important as well. So yeah, I think um, 
I had a really um, uh, incredible background in that sort of field over 20 years, working with police colleagues and um, although I was a borough council employee and, and did all sorts of uh, work with them and you know, ranging from uh, um, serious place right the way through to uh, some work for the Home Office around um, uh, sort of counter-terrorism type works and extreme. So, you know, I've, I've got lots of bits and pieces which I can plug into to understanding what's going on. And I had a member of, the, of my team who was the uh, substance misuse uh, worker as well. So it's, you know, we've picked up a lot of information there and, um, you know, I can use that now. And, um, you know, I think uh, you sort of you ask if there's anything you wish you'd known earlier. Well, I think in life you have to, you have to experience things to learn. And I think as long as you're to keep learning and never stop, then I think that's, that's really the important thing. Perhaps, uh, um, you know, things are there very much for, for a purpose and, and uh, you're put there and the way you respond to different challenges does mould you. And I think um, give you that ability to, um, to actually act in a certain way in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd concur with that completely. I think, you know, those those lessons and those things that you go through, it's about, you know, what you do afterwards with them, isn't it? It's we all have to go through challenges. We all learn along the way. Um, and yeah, you, you learn from it, you move forward and you apply it to the next thing, don't you? Indeed. Yes. So, um, so if people want to get involved, Jim, with either with the church or with with the partnership, um, how can they go about that? Both have websites, both have Facebook pages. So it's um, um, Witten Youth Partnership and Witten Parish Church. Um, if, you, if you type that into the search engine in Google, you, you, you bring up um, Facebook pages. Um, um, Witten Youth Partnership has got a Twitter account as well. You've got addresses. Um, you know, I run, basically run the charity from, from my home. So our registered address is my home address. And, um, the uh, um, you can get in touch with uh, um, Andy Fell, our, our community youth worker. He's on his details are online. As far as the church is online, um, the Reverend Mary Sakanovich is uh, all her details are on on our, our Facebook and our um, website. So you can get in touch there. Um, we're always looking for volunteers for things like the pop up shop if people want to to come along. Witten Youth Partnership always needs volunteers to help out uh, with youngsters um, at different activities. You will need um, to go through all of the uh, the DBS checks, etc. But um, and you know, we we can training, so uh, I think that um, that's uh, sort of something you can find out a lot more about us. And if you're interested, uh, please uh, please contact us. Brilliant. So if, if people do want to get involved, head over to the websites and they can find all the contact details and things from there. Indeed. Indeed, yeah. yeah. So um, before I let you both go, there is, mm -hmm. there is one thing that we ask all our guests, um, just a little lighthearted fun to, to finish the podcast off. Um, and that is what's the funniest, weirdest or most memorable experience you've ever had at work or in a volunteering capacity? Um, so should I put B on the spot first? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, oh, that's a tricky one. 
Uh, I guess the most memorable experience in, in my capacity so far with the Community Restart Project has been um, putting together the quarterly impact report and just reading over all the different um, amazing work that the different projects in, in the county are doing. So that has been yeah, really memorable. Not particularly funny or weird, I have to say, but um, they're really enjoyable. <laughs> you have to say that if people don't know I'm the one that that chases everybody for the impact reports at, at <laughs> so I think we have to say that really it's, it's a fun experience to do isn't it mm, yeah see I think we don't celebrate enough um just how much amazing work goes on in the county and um you know all the like you said earlier Jim is such a community asset and and it should be shouted about um so that's something that kind of yeah it should be done more I think definitely absolutely well, that's a, a definite thumbs up from me there, Bea. <laughs> <laughs> and Jim, how about you, Dan? I think the, the funniest thing that, that I did at work is that um, I, I was, as I said earlier, worked very closely with, with, our, um, with my police colleagues for a lot, long, long time. And um, they were going to have a, a charity fundraiser called Cops on the Catwalk. <laughs> and um, I ended up on the catwalk um, I'm a catwalk model uh, now, I can say, but also I, I volunteered to be the, the mug who was the, the, the subject of a Trini and Susanna type um, makeover. <laughs> now, oh, amazing. Um, my, I had two of my colleagues, um, Rach and, and Hannah, who actually wrote a script. And what happened was that I, first of all, in my I let my hair grow long. I uh, looked, um, you know, quite, quite. I was back to the as I was in the 1970s, really, sort of hair, hair lengthwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I wore my my uniform of, of my of my grey suit that I would normally wear for work, and I paraded up and down the catwalk in that to open the show. And when I walked back, my two colleagues then ripped me to shreds using evidence of my lack of sartorial elegance over my life by because I provide them with lots of photographs of me you know, from um, sort of a teenager right the way through. And um, so there were pictures of me playing tennis and football and was a teenager and um, et cetera. And then pictures of me with, uh, with Michael Howard, the Home Secretary, in my grey suit. And Rach and, and Hannah li- uh, literally ripped me apart and had place in stitches. And I was then dragged off by my tie and ended up going backstage where I had um, a hair, haircut and a new, completely new hairstyle. We ended up with spiky hair full of, of product, as the, as the uh, lady in the, the shop kept saying, and um, a completely new outfit from, from Gap at the time. And... Um, at the end of the show, I had to parade down backwards and forwards uh, in my new, in my new attire. Now that was that was really funny. It was great to be we raised a lot of money for East Anglia Children's Hospice, and um, my my little bit. I said that I would do it if if my if my staff my staff colleagues in in the borough, if if they if we could raise um like four hundred pounds, I said I would do it. Um, pinged out on our intranet and um, within seconds people were sponsoring me and by the time I'd finished I think we'd raised nearly £1,200 for the, the, the makeover which was a brilliant start to the, the rest of the, the time and so 
Um, and I still get comments from some of my former police colleagues, some of whom have now long retired, about the day we all were on the catwalk. <laughs> now, wow. you know, that, that, was, that was funny. It was a bit weird. It was very memorable <laughs> and um, very productive. And I think, you know, <laughs> can't, uh, you can't, you know, say, say further than that, really. <laughs> Well, tick, tick, tick there, because that's <laughs> that's a fabulous one. I think that might be the best one yet there, Jim. Um, well done well, on raising all the money that. in there. Yes, yes. So I, yeah, I have the photographs to prove it as well. <laughs> well, don't say that too much. We might we might ask you for one to promote this podcast episode. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> that's fabulous. Oh, I really like that one. Um well, you know, it just remains for me to to thank you both ever so much for your time. It's been really enjoyable chatting to you both. Um, keep up the fantastic work, Jim. Um, you know, I'm sure Witten absolutely appreciate you and, and you are doing great things over there. So it's been lovely talking to you today. Um, and B, get that impact report in. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Hannah, as well. It's been really, really interesting. Good. Yep. Yes, lovely. That was that was very that was great fun. Yes, I enjoyed that. Yes. <laughs> if you would like to take part in the Cast Pod, do get in touch via our social media channels, or you can find mine or Briny's personal details on our website, www.communityactionsuffolk.com dot org dot uk we can't wait to see you bye for now